Hey everybody, welcome hey. to Real Hope. My name is Pastor Lance Stanek, and this is that's P- your cue. Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete, aka also known as Pedro. Pedro. Yes. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. So this week we are going to continue. Last week we started talking about during this time, I think a lot of us are really challenged with um, how do we take care of our soul? And I know like there's a lot of buzzwords kind of going around during the season. One of them is essential business. Like there's a lot of debate over what is essential business. Yeah. And I, I think you and I had a good conversation about Yeah, there may be businesses that are essential, and I think it's even a little comical what some of the states are considering essential business, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, church isn't essential, yet, you know, you can go to the liquor store and buy, you know, I don't know, a jug of vodka. Yeah. That's essential, man, right? Yeah, we can go gamble, apparently. (laughs) We can go to the casino. (laughs) That's essential. But hey, don't go to church. Right. That's not essential. That's just like an extra thing for you guys over here, your little, you know, church thing you got going on. Yeah, a little church thing that you do there, you know, make people feel better about their life and stuff like that. Not essential, though. But I think it actually raises a really good question that we want to talk about today, and that is, like, what is essential for our lives? What is essential, I would say, for the purpose of our discussion? What is essential for our soul? Mm -hmm. I think that is the better question, right? Yeah. And so today on this episode of Real Hope, we're going to talk about essential soul care. Essential soul care. Last Mm. week, on the last episode, we talked about how do we prioritize our life? And especially when you look at it from a biblical standpoint, um, there's a lot of different ways we could prioritize our life. Mm-hmm. But what are the ways that the Bible talks about us prioritizing our life? And so this week, um, we want to talk about what does the Bible say or talk about when it comes to what is essential for our life? Mm-hmm. Like, where do we, what's our source? Where do we get life from? I mean, yeah, a jug of vodka, that might make you lively for the evening, but right. it sure ain't going to help you uh, the next morning, right? I know, absolutely. Um, I, I love the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. There's seven I am statements of Jesus. Um, I am is him linking himself with God. When God appeared to Moses, he told Moses, I am, right? Yes. I am that I am. So when Jesus makes that statement, he's not just saying, this is what I am, but he's saying, He's saying, I'm God, but I'm also these things. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. Jesus even says in John chapter four that he that believes in me will have springs of living water overflowing. So he's talking about all these things that we see as essential, right? Bread, water, life. Uh, So when we look to scripture, what's essential? Uh, man, Jesus is essential, that's for sure. Jesus is essential. I think that's the quote. That's mm-hmm. the quote of the episode. Mm. What is essential for our soul? Jesus is essential for our mm. soul. And there, you know, there's a lot of you that are probably watching this that you know, you're not a Jesus follower. Mm. Maybe you don't even believe in Jesus. You don't consider yourself a Christian. And there's a lot of you at home that you are a follower of Jesus. And depending on how long you've been in relationship with Jesus and Um, how long you've been walking with him in relationship and been a Christian, even if you have that relationship established, I think we can all drift a little bit. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, we need to do during this season of this pandemic that has caused this crisis, that has caused us to be shut down Mm -hmm. and shut in, some of us, right? 
um, as things are starting to open back up now, one of the reasons we want to talk about soul care is because I think we were at a unsustainable pace. In fact, I think it was getting even worse as a pastor. I know that I talk to a lot of people who their lives are so crowded, so full, so busy that they were headed on a trajectory towards burnout yeah. and to disillusionment, not only with um, life, but even sometimes spiritually. Mm -hmm. Like we could get disillusioned, we could be doing all the right things and still somehow missing out on essential life, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me, I, believe it or not, Pete, you might not believe this about me because you know I'm a kind of a city guy, for those of you who know me. Grew up in Yonkers, New York. I'm kind of got a little New Yorker in me. It's true. A little Italian. <laughs> little Italian, forget about it, don't yeah. mess with me, right? Yeah. Um, but I went through a season where I actually was into NASCAR. See, that's hard for me to believe. Earnhardt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any awesome like jackets or anything? Mm, no jackets, but my aunt who lives in North Carolina, I kind of got into, uh, I was a Jimmy Johnson fan. Okay. Yeah, right. 48, there 48. You go. Yeah. Right, yeah, Team Hendrickson, man. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I was really into Jimmy Johnson. He's my man. He's my boy. And there was a season where I went through, like, you know, I'd rather make you Daytona 500. We're going to watch the Daytona 500. I just don't, 500 Why am laps. I even talking like that? There's something about talking about NASCAR that you just have makes to you, talk about it. In that, you, just, in that. you just do. Um, but one thing <laughs> that I think we can learn from in our lives from watching, or at least I did, from watching NASCAR, maybe this is just the way preachers think. Like, yeah. you know, you're always looking for, what's the life lesson out of That's this? That's right. What's my out illustration? Out of this NASCAR <laughs> race, like, besides bush beer and, <laughs> and hot dogs and peanuts. And Pennzoil. I don't know. Pennzoil and Goody's headache powder. <laughs> uh, the, what mm. I took away is that even the fastest cars, the ones that win, the pit stops were actually the most critical part of the race. Hmm. And that seems totally contradictory to like, I'm going to go Mach 500 fast mm -hmm. as I can. I'm going to get to the finish line. Right. Like for me, oftentimes, and if you drive with me, you'll know this about me. Like whenever I'm going to get somewhere, I just want to get there. Yeah. Like unless I'm on a road trip, because then me and my wife fight because she wants to get there. I want to stop. I want to make lots of pit stops on the way. I'm like, oh, look, there's Huckleberry Land over here. Yeah, you, you know, got to go there. Or whatever. Look, it's Dinosaur World. Let's stop there. That looks interesting. And she's like, can we just get there? <laughs> you know? Um, so we're a little different like that. But when I'm driving locally, mm. like, I just want to get there. Yeah. But this is what they do at pit stops. When pit stops are critical to the success of the race. And here's why. Pit stops, you change the tires, right? Because... Tire, if a tire gets out of balance, you can't drive straight. It will steer you into the wall and you'll crash. Yeah, going 200 miles an hour. Yeah, bad news. Don't want to do that. Mm. Um, the other thing it does is if there's any maintenance things that need to get taken care of, they can take care of it during that pit stop. Mm -hmm. The third thing they do is they refuel, right? I mean, you're not going to keep going without fuel. You need right. fuel. But here's the deal. I think a lot of us, we live life like we don't need to take pit stops. Mm -hmm. Pit stops are absolutely critical in life. So when you talk about essential things, it kind of brings me back to my psychology days That's back good. in college mm -hmm. when I studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but it's like this pyramid yeah. of needs that they figured out like you have to have some foundational needs met in your life in order to get to the next level, mm -hmm. which you can focus on some different needs that 
um, are maybe not as essential. Right. So that bottom, like first main essential needs were things like you need food, right? You need water, you need sleep, right? You need shelter, like basic things to survive, mm -hmm. right? When you think about, when I think about what you read about those statements of Jesus being I am, he covers the essentials, right? When you think about our life, a lot of us have been going at a pace where we were headed for crash and burn. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, I don't know, um, I like golf. And do you, remember, do you remember a guy named Payne Stewart, professional golfer named Payne mm. Stewart? Yeah. I liked that guy a lot because he used to wear the old-fashioned knickers. Those are cool. They're really cool. And he wore the little, you know, like the little cap that kind of went down like this. Oh, yeah. You know, look like a newsy cap yeah. kind of thing, you know. And he used to play golf that way, and, and he stood out in the crowd. But I liked it because it's just old-school, classic golfer look. Mm. I liked that dude, Payne Stewart. He was a good guy. But actually, um, he had a tragedy in uh, October 25th, mm. 1999, his Learjet was headed from Orlando to Dallas, and um, the aviation committee, F mm. whatever, the DA, not FDA, that's FAA. FAA, thank you. Yeah. Uh, they noticed that the plane was headed to North Dakota, and the flight mm. plan was to Dallas. And so they knew something was wrong, and they tried to communicate with the plane. They couldn't. By the time it was like way off course, they actually deployed five F 16 fighter jets to go like catch up with it and yeah. try to figure out, try to communicate with them and see what was going on. Mm -hmm. As the fighter plates, fighter plates, the fighter planes got with, two of them got within like 50 feet mm. and were able to see that the cockpit was all frosted over inside. Oh, wow. What they didn't know, what happened was, I guess the oxygen, something with the oxygen and, and the compression mm. inside of the airplane went awry and they, they died. Mm. Um, you know, in the plane, and it was on autopilot. It went I, I 5,000, I don't know, miles, like in the air before it crashed going 600 miles per hour in wow. the field. And all the passengers died in there. Mm. What, um, why I'm bringing that up is I think that during this season, if we don't take a pit stop, and use this season to do some maintenance on our soul, mm -hmm. to feed our soul, to yeah. refuel, so to speak, to change our tires. In other words, some of us were heading in a direction with our lives that we were heading for a crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Our life was on autopilot. Our schedules were so packed. We were so busy with, with activities and things for kids. Good things. It could be even good things, right? Yeah. But we were so busy that we were headed for a crash and burn and didn't even know it. Mm, that's really good. I, I love the illustration that scripture uses continually about soil and about gardens. Uh, Jesus curses a fig tree that doesn't produce any fruit. Yeah. The book of Hebrews talks about dry ground that doesn't produce anything. Um, and then in Psalms, right, uh, the Bible says that a man who takes delight in God and, and, and is putting God first, it's going to be like a tree planted by streams of waters. And with a garden, we have to be intentional. We can't just let things go. We have to maintain, we have to take care of it. We have to turn the soil until uh, to produce a harvest. And it's a lot yeah. like that spiritually. If I'm not intentionally seeking God every day, then I can go off course, just like that airplane you were talking about. Yeah. I, when you were talking about garden, I was laughing to myself because, um, 
inevitably like, you notice how fast weeds grow? Yeah, you don't have to do anything. They just grow. <laughs> they just grow. Like you try to actually plant like a nice flower or something and it doesn't like hardly grow. You have to like do all this work to make it grow. Yeah. Weeds, like I can like take out a dandelion and I come back the next week, boop, yeah. popped up again. It's, yeah. like, it's like just there. Just there. What's up with that? I'm pretty sure I have a dying cucumber plant in my <laughs> garden right now. I, I planted <laughs> It, I planted a little early and it was this baby plant that had spent its whole life in the greenhouse and now it's exposed to windy Montana spring and just gave up on life. Like it's just dying. <laughs> Poor little cucumber plant. It, I know, you have to nurture it. Are you going to bury it, have a little rest in peace? I'll probably cucumber. just plant a new one and not tell my wife it died. <laughs> Don't tell her. Don't tell her. <laughs> but you have to put special elements in the soil to help things produce. But yeah, we have to tend those things. Things seem to go bad on their own without... That's, that's true. You know... That's the weeds, man. You don't need to do anything to them. They're just, they just grow right. and they will overtake like even the good stuff. I've noticed that. Mm. Like if you don't tend to those weeds and take time to mm. pull them and to nourish like the good things, yeah. they'll, over, they'll overtake it. They will. And we can't be lazy in our spiritual lives. There's been times in the past where I just let things kind of happen and I did not grow the way God intended. I needed purpose and I needed direction. And I think... I think all that is true. We need purpose and, and direction, but we also have to be very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key, is that taking those pit stops, yeah. making time out of your life, creating margin, mm. creating margin in your life. To, margin is space. We, I think during this season, we've had more space, but even having more space and time can get crowded with other things. Like, mm -hmm. We can have space and time, but instead of being intentional about, you know, uh, caring for our soul and feeding our soul, we yeah. could watch binge Netflix and, right. you know, do all this stuff, play video games mm -hmm. and crowd that time with other things. It reminds me of a quote from Andy Stanley's book that I read, fantastic book called The Principle of the Path. Mm. And what he says in that book is he says, direction, not intention, determines our destination. I'm going to read that again for those of you at home. Direction, not intention, determines our destination. You know, when I look at my life, that's been a big problem for me, if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of good intentions, but it's not those intentions that matter. It's what you're doing today yeah. that actually sets the stage for tomorrow. Mm. It also reminds me of, um, I was t telling you about Dr. Henry Cloud. He wrote a book. Nine, I think it's called Nine Things You Simply Must Do by yeah. Dr. Henry Cloud, who's a Christian psychologist. And one of those nine things he calls play the movie. Hmm. Play the movie. And what he means by that is that our life is a series of scenes. Each day is almost like a series of scene, scenes that build on each other. You're, the movie is heading in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And the end of the movie is the end of the story. Mm. And so he challenges you to think about your life from the perspective of what's the final scene right. you want your life to be remembered by. That's good. And then how do you work backwards from there to mm. get there? Mm. In other words, you know, during this season, what if you took time intentionally to say, there's some things I want to change about my life. I don't like the direction my life is heading. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been taking enough time to really care and nurture for my soul. Yeah. And what if I um, made some decisions during the season, took some time, made some intentional decisions mm. about 
doing some things to feed and care for my soul so that I could become the person that I want to be and the person that God has called me to be. Nice. Yeah, that's really good. And scripture does give us a glimpse into the future. It does. The Bible says there's certain things that God blesses and there's certain things that go contrary to God's word that bring us pain. Yep. So there's this law of sowing and reaping. And, and Paul says, God's not mocked. What we sow, we're, we're going to reap. Yep. So if I'm praying, if I'm loving my wife, if I'm being intentional about uh, spending time with other believers when I, when I can, when we're not dealing with social distancing, yeah. uh, that helps me grow. That helps people speak into my life, uh, allowing myself to be in a community of loving believers where the Holy Spirit can kind of direct and guide me. So right. I'm giving myself a chance to win. It's kind of like putting a cage around that tomato plant. <laughs> like you could just plant yeah. it and hope it grows properly, right. but allowing it to have some direction and going with those vines and support. And mm, we, we need that in our lives. I've needed that in my life. Just being a part of Hope Church has been great for me. So Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me too, when you were talking about when Paul said, I think it's in, um, it's in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, yeah, chapter 10, verse 23. He says this, I'm going to read, this is out of the Amplified Classic mm-hmm. Version. He says, all things are legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please, but not all things are helpful, mm. expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and to edifying to spiritual life. Mm edifying to spiritual life. I think that's kind of what we were talking about is essential soul care. There's, there's three things that stand out to me is number one is we need food, mm-hmm. right? When's yeah. the last time you fasted, bro? I think it's been like two months probably. Yeah. Um, it's been a little bit sooner to, for me, but fasting ain't fun. Cool. And one of the things I don't like about fasting, fasting, going without food is... I feel a little bit anemic. Mm-hmm. I feel a little weak. Yeah. It makes me a little tired, lethargic, and I mm-hmm. hate that feeling because I got stuff to do. Yeah. And I hate the feeling of having stuff to do and not having the energy to do it. And when I go without food, it's like real. Like you have hunger pains. Yeah. You feel it. You don't have the energy. Um, so I think it's interesting, the parallel, how God created our physical bodies to need mm-hmm. food, yeah. to need water, and to need rest, to need sleep. Those three essential things are also parallels to our essential spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Like we need spiritual food, yeah. we need spiritual water, and we need spiritual rest mm. for our soul in order to be healthy. Yeah. And, um, and I think we overlook those things oftentimes because we don't get necessarily spiritual hunger pains. Right. They seem non-essential. They seem not essential, exactly. Mm. Like, I feel it when I haven't eaten. And we'll make sure that we get three square meals, right? Like, you were ordering a taco pizza. from. You're already thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. Why you got to bring that up, man? Sorry, bro. <laughs> I didn't need to out you like that. That's okay. It's, hey, it's on sale right now. Do we get kickback from Papa Murphy's? I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, we would never think about, like, we plan out what we're going to eat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We make room for it in our life. Like, you're darn well. I'm going to be eating tonight. Yeah, before I leave the house in the morning, I'm like, honey, what's for dinner tonight? Exactly. We're already thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. What would our lives look like if we started thinking about what we were going to spiritually feed our soul today? Mm. What would that look like? It's what if good. we started planning out 
man, I'm feeling a little spiritually anemic. That's I'm good. feeling a little spiritual sluggish. Yeah. I don't have a lot of spiritual energy, mm. so to speak. I need to feed myself on the word of God. Yeah. The Bible is the number one thing where you can feed your soul daily. Like when I read the Bible, the, the, the Bible actually calls itself the word is living. Mm -hmm. It's alive. It's active. Yeah. Like it's actively feeding your soul. And when Jesus said he's the bread of life, the Bible actually calls Jesus the word. Yep. In the beginning was oh, the yeah. word and he was the word. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. And so when we're, we're reading the Bible, we're actually partaking of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the bread of life. It's sustaining us. It's filling us. It's truth. It helps us replace lies that we pick up in the culture around us. That's so key, man. Mm. Because I know like on any given day, so many of us and some of you at home during the season, you've probably been bombarded with some lies. Mm. You're going to get this virus. You're going right. to lose everything. Um, you're going to kill your kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that come at us and bombard our minds. Yeah. So we need that food, but we also need water. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks, even Jesus said to the woman at the well in the Bible, mm -hmm. he said, you've been drinking from a lot of different fountains. You've got five husbands, <laughs> like yeah. you've you got a lot of boyfriends. Yeah. You're seeking all this pleasure elsewhere and satisfaction in other areas, but but you've neglected mm. the true living water. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the presence of God, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about, that's one of the things I miss about corporate worship is worshiping together. It's that living water just getting yeah. poured in our soul. But you, you can do that on your own, can't you? You can. It's not the same though. I love getting with other believers. But yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. You praise God in the shower. You praise God at home. Sing songs to God, at, you know, but. But taking it, time to do that taking is time, the key. You got to take time. Got to take, take time. time. You got to take time to worship, get in God's presence, let him re replenish you with mm -hmm. that living water. And the last thing is, mm -hmm. is spiritual rest. Yeah. What do you think spiritual rest looks like? Spiritual rest is not just the absence of busyness, right? Because I could be going a million miles an hour in my head. I could be sitting there scrolling through Facebook and a lot of the things we have are nice. I like social media. I like playing video games and watching movies. But when those things are to distract me from the uncomfortableness I feel just being alone with myself. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then there's Oof, a problem. So, a so scripture talks about waiting on the Lord and resting um, because it's uncomfortable. Yep. It's uncomfortable to be still. But as we do that, we allow God to let us get comfortable with ourselves and, and what he wants to do in our lives. And when we get still, we can hear God's voice a little better. Totally. I love that scripture. Be still and know that I am God. Like yeah. the way to know him is to be still, like that's the prerequisite. You gotta cease from working. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about taking Sabbath rest. Mm -hmm. When God created the world, he created it in six days and it says on the seventh day he rested and he created this thing in the Bible called the Sabbath. Sabbath, I actually wrote down the definition, it means, it's, uh, it means to stop, to cease. Mm. You have to, sometimes we have to create, in order to create margin, in order to create room, for soul care, for you to get replenished, those pit stops, you got to be very intentional about taking a Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Now, the way the Jewish people did it is on Friday, sundown to Saturday, mm -hmm. sunset was considered Sabbath. They didn't do any work. And what's interesting about that is they actually had to prepare for it. Because they didn't do any work, they had to go out and pre-plan, pre-think, what am I going to do on my day of rest? Yeah, I'm going to go get things that um, I need for meals. I'm going to think ahead mm. for anything like, you know, that I want. 
I wonder what our lives would look like if we took that principle mm. and planned a day that we said, this is a day as a family, we're going to rest, we're going to pray, we're going to seek God, we're going to get replenished, and we're going to get some spiritual rest for our soul. Like, we're going to go for a walk. Yeah. We're going to go, you know, to the lake. Um, we're going to just have a share good meal together. Creating that margin. Yeah, and having good quality time away from like electronics or yeah. stuff like that. Not that any of that stuff is bad. It's mm. not bad. Like if you want to watch a good movie, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's permissible, like Paul said, but what is really beneficial to our soul? Mm. That could mean like getting together with a friend for coffee for some of you. Mm. Like there's some relationships, like, you know, when I hang with my man Pete here, like I just feel better. Like, <laughs> you know, I do. And it's, it's a life-giving soul-giving, yeah. you know, relationship. And those relationships are important for mm. our soul. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend. <laughs> anyway, um, as we wrap up, I want to share one scripture with you, and then we're going to pray for you guys. Um, and it's out of Proverbs chapter 14, uh, verse, verse uh, let me see, Proverbs 14, verse 8. It says this, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of the fools is deception. Mm. I like how the message says it. The message version says it like this. The wisdom of the wise keeps life on track. The foolishness of fools lands them in a ditch. Mm. It's just like that plane, yeah. right? Headed for crash. Some of you at home, I hope this has encouraged you. I hope that you don't just listen to this and say, yeah, that's really good. I hope that some of you will take time this week, create time, plan it out. Say, so I'm gonna take time this week to um, have some essential soul care. And I'm gonna feed my soul on the word of God. And in prayer, I'm going to spend time in God's presence. I'm gonna worship him. Um, I'm gonna let that living water of the Holy Spirit refresh my mm -hmm. soul. And I'm gonna get some spiritual rest. I'm gonna just gonna cease from working for a little bit. I'm gonna chuck the to-do list for 24 hours. Yeah. I'm gonna just spend some quality time with the people I love and with the God that I love and get refreshing. There's some of you, maybe you don't even have a, a relationship with God and you're like, man, I need rest. Well, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so the easiest way to come to him is just simply say a prayer and just admit, God, apart from you, I can do nothing good with my life. I'm a sinner. I believe, Jesus, that you are the son of God, that you came to earth as, and lived a life as a perfect man. You took my sin on me. You took it, nailed it to the cross. You died, you were buried, and you rose again on the third day so that I could live in relationship with you. And you could pray that prayer and you could receive Jesus as your Lord, personal Lord and Savior and enter into a real relationship with him. If you wanna do that, just pray this prayer with me right now. And then I'm gonna pray for all of you guys. And if you pray this prayer with me, I want you to put I believe in the comment section below. So dear Jesus, thank you for loving me even though I'm a sinner. God, I thank you that you died on the cross for me as me. You took on my sin and you wiped it clean. I surrender my life to you today. I ask that you come into my life and make all things new. I repent for my ways and I turn to your ways so that you can give me rest for my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. The rest of you, I wanna pray for you. God, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit right now that you would bring rest, you would bring peace, 
that you would bring refreshing. God, as you refresh them in your soul right now in the name of Jesus, we bless them in Jesus' name. Fill them with Jesus. hope today. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. God we'll bless. catch you next time on Real Hope. See ya.